Hi, welcome to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, and joining me today is Merit Khan, an emotional intelligence expert and sales expert. She is the CEO of Select Sales Development. Now today, Merit is going to tell us how to increase our emotional intelligence, how to stop selling and start getting selected. The key to doing more deals and expanding influence without being too aggressive and how the combination of mindset, mechanics, and motion can change your profit game. Life is too short. Trying to run a business and balance what you love. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, a former corporate marketing drone and certified life coach turned mompreneur who got fed up with the mom guilt that comes from trying to have the perfect work-life balance. Why can't we have a fit life and a fit business? I'm here to make it easier to be your own boss and enjoy your life. Tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We're going all in with interviews with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, risk takers, coaches, and side hustlers, along with solo episodes with yours truly to provide actionable tools, tactics, processes, and even case studies so you can discover how to create, maintain, and or grow a total fit lifestyle you deserve. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Welcome to the show, Merritt. Well, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> well, it's so good to have you here. And I'm so excited to dig right into this topic because when I tell you emotional intelligence is so interesting and I don't think we give it enough credit. And so I'm so glad to have an expert on the show. Well, I appreciate it. I really feel like studying emotional intelligence and really understanding the foundation that we layer all of good sales, you know, training and all of our good action plans and productivity hacks and all of that lies on top of a good foundation of how you feel about yourself fundamentally and what triggers you. And when you understand that stuff, you have a lot more power and control uh, when you don't understand it, it controls you. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. So emotional intelligence by definition is the ability to understand, use, and manage your own emotions in positive ways. What's interesting to me, an individual with a high emotional intelligence, or it's also called EQ, is able to communicate better, lessen their anxiety and stress and resolve conflicts. They improve relationships by being a good listener, and they can overcome just life's challenges a lot easier. So basically, it's not getting pissed off or denying or <laughs> blaming people and making excuses. It almost sounds like the perfect person, you know, like they're real and they give you the truth and they don't sugarcoat things. I'm already like, give it to me. We have to know. Let's get into this thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so much that we could dive into, but here's the way I think of it, because oftentimes I'll do a training session with a, a group of people and I'll ask them, um, to write down all the characteristics of the best boss you've ever worked for. The, the person that really helped you get a lot done. You learned from them. You loved going to work. You would have walked on hot coals for this boss. And then I asked them, now tell me about your worst boss. Like, what were those <laughs> attributes? And what was interesting is that no matter how many times I run that exercise, the common denominator is that the things that made somebody really a good leader were the things that had to do with how they interacted, how they felt as a person. So they were things like, that person really had my back. I really mm. felt like we were a team. I was heard. My ideas mattered. 
I learned from them, right? So there were, those are all people focused things. And when we looked at the list of things kept people from being a good, effective leader, they were things like they micromanaged, they were so detail oriented, but they were completely unflexible. They would walk into their office, be in this bad mood, and it would just get all over everybody. So what was fascinating to me was if you really think about, sometimes we think, well, a good leader is really knowledgeable about the industry and their products and services and all of that. And that's part of it for sure. But what really has people rise to the top is how well they treat other people. Mm, Right. That's really the essence of emotional intelligence, how well we understand our own emotions and the impact we have on other people. When we don't understand that, to be more influential with other people It's so important that we understand what has influence over us. And emotional intelligence is one of those things. It's this hidden thing that supports us or sabotages us from the influence we want to have with other people, whether that's in our personal lives or in our business roles. Right. So how can we develop this intelligence? Yeah. Great question. One of the things I really love about emotional intelligence as a starting point, and I've been a practitioner of this and certified and coaching and training emotional intelligence for leaders and mostly sales professionals since 2008. And what I've learned about this is that you don't want to have like highs and lows. What you're really striving for is balance. And what's great is that everything that you would learn about yourself in terms of emotional intelligence can be strengthened. So unlike things like a behavioral style, if you're detail-oriented, you're detail-oriented. If you're a people person, you're a people person. That's a behavioral style. It doesn't really change over the course of time unless there's some major significant life event that throws you into another way of being. But with emotional intelligence, you can strengthen any of the 15 attributes that we can assess for these days And I I think the best starting point is to really do a scientifically validated assessment to really understand how you're wired right now. And so that you can double down on those strengths that you have, but also use those strengths to bring up some of the weaker areas. I I think it's probably best if I give you a good example and one that's relevant no matter what you do in the world, particularly if you had to have conversations, even in the the pandemic that we all have this shared lived experience. I, I was doing a lot of work with salespeople and business owners and entrepreneurs. And they were really, as you remember, frustrated and concerned and overwhelmed and all the things at the beginning of the pandemic when honestly nobody knew what was happening. And so the idea of picking up the phone and making a sales call was like, yeah, no one wants to. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Like, Like that's not happening. Right. And so I did this webinar. It had more than 700 people from 50 different countries. And the question was, selling is different now. Like, don't be in an argument with reality. You cannot sell today right now the way that you did, but you still have to do something. Right. And so from an emotional intelligence perspective, I could teach you all day long the mechanics of selling skills, what to say, how many times to pick up the phone, how do I create the profile of your ideal target market? Sure. We could talk about all the nuts and bolts of it. But at the end of the day, the relationship between your level of empathy and assertiveness was the number one thing that was going to help or hurt you. Mm. So people who assessed on an emotional intelligence 
score high in empathy and low in assertiveness? Well, here's what they would say. Like, I mean, sales, there's no way I could call anybody right now. Like my people, like everybody's dealing with so much. And, and, and so even if they did pick up the phone, they would say, gosh, I, I really understand. It's so crazy right now. And why don't I just call you in six months, right? Even if you had a solution, your empathy would lead the way. Right. Now let's look at the flip side. Imagine if you were too assertive and you had low empathy for others. Well, now you're a total jerk. Like no one wants to take the, fo- the phone call from that guy. Right. right? That's like, I- I'm just in it for myself. I've got a quota to make. I don't really care what you're dealing with. So that's a total imbalance. And what I was suggesting to people at that time and, and now to still today is that a balanced empathy and assertiveness persona for yourself mm. really allows you to say something like, hey, Mr. Prospect, I know things are so challenging. There's still a bit of uncertainty that we're dealing with. Would you be open to having a conversation about some of the things that we can control, some of the solutions that can provide you some relief based on the challenges you shared with me and just have a discussion about what's within our control today? And that's a great example of a balanced version of empathy and assertiveness. The reason why I think that really is enlightening or is refreshing to hear is because there's a difference between aggression, assertiveness, and empathy. They're all important in a sales process and to some level. But I truly believe that when you have that balance, just like how you mentioned, when you have that balance, you're no longer selling. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, there's, there might be a few more things you need, but well, that's, of course, yes, <laughs> that's really the thing when I put it all together. And so many, many years ago, when I um, started my business back in 1998, when I started working with entrepreneurs and business owners and professionals and people who were really good at what they do, experts in their field, and they had spent a lot of time getting good in their area of expertise, but because they had devoted all of that time and energy to their area, they really didn't put in the time and work to get good at how do you communicate that on the marketplace so that people can say, yes, I would like to work with you. Mm -hmm. And a number of years ago, I had two guys in my sales training class, Stephen and Daniel, they both worked for the same company. They were hired around the same time. They sold the same products and services in the same territory at the same price point. They came to the same training class sat right next to each other, learned the same techniques from the same trainer. If I'm honest, I thought they even looked alike. That's just me. (laughs) There was literally nothing really that was distinct between these two. Now, Stephen had amazing sales results. He would just come to class week after week with some new success story. And Daniel was quiet about it. You wouldn't notice any difference even after the training that I did in his results. It frustrated me because I thought, well, I, I can't in good conscience, you know, pat myself on the back and take credit for Stephen's success if I'm not also taking responsibility that Daniel's not really doing anything different. You don't get to just be like, oh, look at my client over here doing so great. You know, it's like either everybody does better or nobody does better. And it really forced me to take a much closer look at what I was creating and providing as a coach and trainer. Mm-hmm. And I realized in that moment that the dirty little secret that all sales trainers don't want you to know is that it has very little to do with the mechanics of what they're teaching you. The nuts and bolts of what you are taught in any class is only the tip of the iceberg. And what really made the difference was what I now call the bookends. So when I think of 
teaching mechanics at the core. On one end of that is having a strong sales mindset. And on the other end of that is having strong sales motion. So it's actions and behaviors, but it's also attitudes and mindset. And those things, when you look at that as a whole, mindset, mechanics, and motion, that's what I call the open for business framework. Because you can say you're open for business. You could have open business hours, right? You could... Mm -hmm transact through automations 24 seven on your online courses. But the fact of the matter is it's how your passion and how your expertise comes through in what's written on your website, as an example, or in your marketing materials, or in what you say in a conversation or how you introduce yourself or how you conduct an interview. All of that is part of getting that framework right. So that you're working on the mindset, the mechanics and, the, and being in motion so that you're really able to be truly successful. And once Stephen and Daniel were able to figure out the right pieces of the puzzle, like Stephen came to the program with strong mindset and good motion habits. He really legitimately just needed to learn the mechanics of selling and he was off to the races. But Daniel, who didn't really have strong mechanics, mindset or motion, when we started with mechanics, it helped a little, but when I noticed that his um, assertiveness was low, his optimism was low, his self-regard was a little low on an emotional intelligence assessment, I was able to help him work on those things, and that raised the level of the other things. Mm. Gotcha. So first off, I'd like to say that you actually gave us the example of emotional intelligence. The fact that you weren't just happy, hey, I've got one person doing well. Oh, well, you know, forget Daniel, he didn't get it. You went back and said, okay, now what went wrong here? Let's go back and reverse engineer and get you to the level that you're trying to get to and not just being okay with, I just did my job. Whoa. Uh, I just have to say, Brittany, I tell this story a lot. And no one's ever said that to me before. <laughs> like, damn girl, you nailed it. <laughs> like, well, yes, I did demonstrate emotional intelligence in that story. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so, and that's what's so good as a coach. There's so many options that are out there. And when you have the option to select a coach that is actually walking the walk and you're talking the talk and they match that's the difference. And I think that has a lot to do with being selected. And I'd like to dig deeper into that being selected because there's so many different things that we need in the world. But honestly, we buy based on emotion most of the time. Yeah, we might need this. We might need that. But I bought this because it makes me feel good. It's about our feelings and all of the, the different things. And yes, I might need it but I didn't have to buy it from you. I didn't, you know, <laughs> I yeah, could have bought it from exactly. anywhere. And so, and especially in this time, we're still working through a lot of frustrations and we're trying to balance life. And you are a single mother of a teenager. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> and so there's so many different things that's going back and forth with that. And what I love that you also mentioned your passions and be able to allow your passions to come out. And what's so amazing, Merit, is that you have a passion. You are stand-up comic. Give us some of this background of how you have incorporated, you know, that lifestyle into what you do. Oh, that's such a great question. I started studying stand-up comedy in 2014, primarily because I 
wanted to be funny on demand in some of the presentations and keynotes mm. and programs that I've been invited to do. And I studied with a professional comedian and, and I learned the principles. There's definitely rules of stand-up comedy, like there's rules in improv and we've all heard of like, yes, and, and some of those things. So I, the comedian I studied with was her brand of comedy was really personal. Christina Hall, amazing woman. She taught me how to be an observer of my life. Mm -hmm. And more than anything that I've ever done, more than any therapy or seminar, and I've done lots of self-development and personal and professional growth over the years. But I would say more than any other thing that I've done, she shifted my worldview. And that has helped me incredibly in business because as an entrepreneur, there's always going to be something that's going to come up to derail you. You, mm -hmm. you walk in the morning and you've got this grand plan of all the things you're going to accomplish, which I was laughing when I listened to your episode on toxic productivity because I you nailed me in that one. <laughs> that's a great episode. Um, but you know, you have this grand plan and then something derails you. And so previous me before studying comedy, I would just be frustrated with myself and then everything else would be derailed. Or, you know, my teenager, we could talk for three hours about frustrations that come from teenagers. Right. Um, <laughs> and mine's a fairly good one, but right. Gosh. Me, mine too. I get it. Right. <laughs> gosh. Um, but I learned to look at those things through the lens of comedy. And I, I learned to realize that anything that frustrates me or upsets me or overwhelms me, there's some element of, there's something about that that is funny and I just have to find it. Maybe you've heard that saying tragedy plus time equals comedy. Yeah. <laughs> well, my take on it is no one said it had to take a long time. Right. Tragedy plus time equals comedy, but it doesn't have to be a long hmm. time be in the moment. And so now something frustrating happens or tragic and you go, okay, well, at some point that's, I'm going to laugh at that <laughs> Not right now, but I trust at some point I'm going to laugh at that. And then it makes me look for what's funny. And I found that the more I can do that in my business, the better I am for my clients, the faster I'm able to recover from a rejection. Because okay. as any entrepreneur will experience, if you've been in business more than 10 minutes, you've had some sort of rejection in your business okay. and especially in sales. So it's really important, I think, to have a, a light kind of a playful look at life. I think that's really helped. I love that you said that because before we started recording, we're, we were discussing the actual show, Toxic Productivity. And of course, my producer, my teenage daughter, actually accidentally released an unedited version. And I wanted to freak out. And it's so funny because I wanted to freak out, but then at the same time, I started laughing. And the fact that you brought that up, because I never really thought, I just started laughing because I'm like, I cannot believe this was so bad. It's hilarious. You know, it just was funny to me. And so even though, yes, it may be corrected now, it's something that I can look back on and say, you know, that's a story that's relatable to somebody else who may have made a mistake or something else that we feel that is horrible at the time that we can get over and sure. we can move beyond those things. So I just love the fact that you said, laugh at it and really try to laugh sooner than later, you know? <laughs> Exactly. It makes it a lot easier. Exactly. 
And you had asked me also about the, that idea of stop selling, start getting selected. And I think that's another really important point, being influential with anybody. It doesn't matter if you're trying to sell a product or a service and it's a business context, or you just want your friend or your partner to to go to a particular movie, the the movie of your choice, the restaurant of your choice. And so you could be pushy or aggressive about it. Like this is where we're going, or, you know, (laughs) this is why you should do this. Here's the features and benefits of this movie or a restaurant, or you can ask them questions and then they can figure out that they actually do want what you want. And it's not a manipulative way of being selected, but it's creating a context so that somebody can see a new possibility for themselves. And I think that's really the Mm -hmm. core principle. We don't want to teach anybody to be pushy or aggressive. We want to teach people to present appropriate offers in the marketplace in appropriate ways that allow people to make good decisions for themselves that make good business sense for everybody involved. And I think when you approach things that way, it's a lot easier to be successful. There's one more emotional intelligence combination that I I think is really fascinating to look at. And I know for me, I'll give you another peek behind the curtain at at how I'm wired. (laughs) Two of the attributes that we can measure these days are called um, optimism and reality testing. Mm -hmm. So I am a super high optimist. I don't know if that, if you picked up on that (laughs) at all, but I believe like anything is possible and all of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not so great at testing reality. So for example, if somebody says, Oh yeah, Merritt, I'm, I'm definitely interested in in enrolling in your course. Like sounds great. I will write that up as an order. I will put that in my pipeline. I will spend the commission on the way home. Right. I, I'm, I'm shopping. I just bought a new handbag, right? Right. Like I, right. You just say, I'm, I like it. I'm, I'm buying something fancy or blingy. And, but sometimes I would hear things through what I call happy ears, which means you might've been interested. You might've liked what you heard, but unless I test the reality of that, it would benefit me more instead of matching your enthusiasm. It would benefit both of us more if I said, really, Brittany, I, I'm so excited that you said that. I'm just curious. I, I didn't exactly pick up on that. What exactly are you hearing that you like? And when I ask a question like that, now all of a sudden you start telling me all the reasons why you liked the, the program or the offer or the whatever that I have provided. And that just helps you hear yourself because like you said, it's sales is emotional. It's not really intellectual. Intellectual goes in, goes involved, is involved in the decision-making process. But at the end of the day, people are going to find incredible ways to fund projects that they're personally committed to. So by skilled professional asking the right questions, they allow their prospect or client or anybody else in the conversation to have that experience to hear themselves really get grounded in, yes, this actually is good for me. And then it, it's much easier and everybody's happy and you don't have to worry about buyer's remorse and all of that stuff. So when I learned to balance my optimism and reality testing, uh-huh. that was a big game changer in my own sales experience, but also I was able to pass on that lesson to my clients and I've seen 
what that provides in terms of growth for other people. So now they have a stronger foundation. So now if I'm teaching them questioning techniques on top of a strong, balanced optimism and reality testing profile, now they really can get the benefit of the skills that they learn. Wow. Okay. So I packed all that in. So let's go back. Let's get into a sales call. (laughs) Okay. So we're on the sales call. If they're giving me some sort of cue, verbal or, you know, body language that they're interested, then I'm going to say, I'm sensing that we're a match, but I don't want to assume that. What are you feeling? Mm, Okay. Yeah. yeah, Merritt, I, I think this is sounding like a good match. Great. I appreciate that. Tell me what specifically is resonating with you. What do you see as our next steps? Okay. So what if I just give you something really dry? What if I say sure. something like, I don't know. I just like it. it. Just sounds good. I appreciate that. I'm always happy to hear that. Is there something in particular that sounds good? Well, I mean, it just kind of seems like my team would enjoy it. Okay. So what about it would your team most enjoy? Is it the interaction? Is it the fact that it's virtual? Is it this other feature or benefit? Oh, probably the interaction. Great. Okay, perfect. So I just, I'm happy to know that just, I'll make a note. I want to just make sure that we continue to always focus in on that interaction piece since you mentioned that's really what you think everybody would enjoy. Is there anything that you think would come up that or anything that would give you any pause that you think they wouldn't enjoy, right? So, you know, the longer, yeah, I mean, we can like go it. on with the role Yeah, play. of course, yeah, we can go on with the role play. But I'm, yeah. I'm certainly gonna, so what reality testing allows me to do when I, since I made that a deliberate focus for my own training and development, mm-hmm. I don't wanna stop at what I think is going to be the things that they're excited about. I wanna draw out any potential obstacle before I leave that conversation. Mm. Um, There's many ways that I teach people to do that. Might be like, okay, so when you talk about this with your team and you're getting them all excited, what do you think they're gonna say? Give me one objection that there's gotta be somebody on your team that's gonna say, well, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't do this. What's that guy gonna say? Or Oh, I like (laughs) that. Oh yeah. (laughs) I, I wanna draw it out because ideally I get to the point where I try and try to draw it out and they're left with, Seriously, Merit, there's literally nothing else. We're good. We want to do this. I want them like reach like a two-year-old grabbing for your leg, like dragging them along the floor, not to leave the house. Like that's what I want. You want (laughs) them to select. Got it. Exactly. 100%. Exactly. Well, you have given us so much and I'm so excited that you're on the show, but we've got to go in a little bit deeper and ask you a thought provoking question in our mentoring moment section. Okay. And so this is our mentoring moment segment. If you could say one word today only to the entire world, what would that one word be? Open. Mm. Be open. One of the most powerful questions I think you could ask yourself or anybody that you're in any interaction with is, have you already decided it can't get any better or are you open to a new possibility? Mm. When you ask yourself that question, anything is possible and you'll figure it out. And when you ask somebody else that question, whether you want to do business with them or be in a relationship with them or anything that question will let you know that you're about to have a conversation with somebody who is open to hearing what you have to say. Yes. I love it. I love it. 
Open guys, open. <laughs> well, open. Yes, Merritt, you have given us so much and I know that the audience will want to reach out to you. I am going to have your information in the show notes, but please let everyone know how to best get in touch with you. Best way to get in touch with me is my website, which is MerrittCon.com. If you do a forward slash podcast, there'll be a free download that'll give you a lot more information about the open for business framework that I talked about. So just go ahead and put your information on there. We don't spam anyone. Um, so it's M-E-R-I-T-K-A-H-N.com forward slash podcast. Well, great. Thank you so much for coming onto the show and giving us some emotional intelligence. <laughs> you got it. Thanks for having me. As always, thanks for listening. And if you got value out of the show, please show us some love and rate us by going to ratethispodcast.com backslash Total Fit Boss Chick. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Bye for now.